Is your heating system ready for colder weather? An annual heating system tune-up from McCarthy Services will help make sure your system is working properly and efficiently to keep you warm and save money on your heating costs. Schedule your annual heating system tune-up today with McCarthy Services for only $29. That's right, only $29. But do it fast. This outstanding special ends soon. Call 866-838-1432 for details. License number 2705-142-947A. Yo, yo, I go by the name of Pharrell from the Neptunes, and I just want to let y'all know, I'm your push the world is about to feel something that they never felt before, come on. What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, Corpus, Laredo, Austin, Del Rio, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shy City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region. You're tuned in here to the Tuesday edition of the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Mike Harge, a.k.a. Hardball Harge, J.C., a.k.a. Jonas Clark, producing Mr. Sam, spinning the one and twos. Your number to participate is 736-9760, and we are broadcasting here from the Rounders Car Club Studios. And today's show is being presented by Hazel Sky Smoke Shop, San Antonio's number one premier upscale smoke shop. Make sure you visit their website at hazelskyonline.com. 736-9760. This first segment of the day is going to be presented and sponsored by Way to Grow. Way to Grow is a full-service landscaping company that can handle all your residential or commercial needs. That is Way to Grow, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. If you know what you want to talk about, like always, it's open phone lines. Just give us a call. All we ask you to do is be patient during the breaks and during the segments. We'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, don't forget if you want to follow me on Twitter or get at me during the show, it's at Sports Grind. And also, if you want to follow Mike, it's uh, at Hardball Harge as well, too. And don't forget, we're streaming live on Facebook now as well, too, if you want to leave messages throughout the show. And if they make sense and they're appropriate and they pass my approval, we'll read them. If not, <laughs> at least you'll know I'll see it. So that'll be true with that. You know, like, no, nah, man, I didn't see you call, man. I didn't have my phone on me. No, man. <laughs> I didn't see it. Anyway, what's up, Marge? I ain't got call ID. I ain't got call ID, man. My phone. I said blocked. It was blocked. Exactly, man. Exactly, man. You ready to go, bro? I'm ready. All right, man. All right, Jonas. Yes, sir. Ready to rock and roll. That's good. Mr. Sams. What's up, fellas? How we doing? All right. Whoa. There you go. There you go. Okay. We got it. We got Um, it. All right, man. So, uh, on the docket today on Tuesday, if things go on, of course, we'll put a bow on week two, uh, which happened last night. We'll definitely talk about the Packers who bounced back last night with a victory over Detroit. Uh, we'll get into that. Also, we didn't get a chance to yesterday, but we'll go over some of the, the key injuries after week two. A lot of them are starting quarterbacks. We'll go through other ones. Amari Cooper's dealing with ribs now. You can add him to the list. You know, ever since he got that bag, he's been banged up the last couple of years. Like I said, I'm starting to think Amari's the weakest one out of the litter, man, uh, out of the Alabama litter, but we'll see. Uh, you got that going on. Also, college, uh, there was, you know, we didn't really get a chance to go through any college games yesterday, so if anything that stuck out performance-wise on Harge's eye, we'll look at that. I know looking ahead this week, which we'll look at some early lines in NFL and college, I know the thing that stood out to me is A&M, who has Arkansas this week, is less than a touchdown favorite, which I think is very interesting. Uh, they're only a five-and-a-half point favorite against Arkansas. 
which if you were to, I mean, if you were to ask somebody to guess this line before we started playing, what it would be come week three in college or week four, whatever week we're going into a college, they would have probably at least had A&M probably at least a 10-point, 11-point, 12-point favorite over uh, Arkansas. Now, we all know what happened with Arkansas with Texas, but that kind of came across my radar as well, too. Um, Come on, man. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> I'm just telling you, man. I'm just Don't kill the messenger. Uh, your Roadrunners, UTSA Roadrunners, they got another victory, too, this past Saturday. So they kept it uh, rolling, uh, you know, getting another victory. And that was a conference team they played. So uh, they got things rolling. Trailer's still going a direction. The whole – Attendance thing is still a, a you know a conversation, which uh, some interesting notes from that that we got time to get into. That Jonas and I had a conversation. Let me know uh, looking in depth into Trailer's press conference. He took some things from that, so we'll see if we can get to that. Baseball. I told you yesterday about the pennant races in the American League. He's in that one, and I will tell you that you know we've got a monster series between the Blue Jays and the Rays. And, uh, you know, the Rays struck blood first yesterday. They got another one today. Um, you know, I think this is a three or four game set, Hard, Do you know off the top? It's oh, a three. three I'll, I'll take three game set. Okay. Yeah. So those yeah. these races are heating up, man. Um, Phillies take a bad loss yesterday to the Orioles. You know, we kept talking about Phillies having the easiest schedule left on all the teams that are in contentions for that wild card. Uh, Orioles, they've they've been hitting there. It's not like they're a horrible team. They've kicked up wins, but they're not going anywhere. And I just think that these losses at this time of year to a team like that is going to hurt you, especially if you're into a pitted chase or a wild card chase like the Phillies. And so much for shutting down Otani. I mean, after we had that conversation the other day, last Thursday, I think it was, I mean, all he did is his next start was have a dominating start as well. And you know what, Harge? I meant to bring this up yesterday, but we didn't have the time. But, you know, I was watching, um, you know, that Mets and Philly Sunday night broadcast with A-Rod, okay? And uh, A-Rod's kind of, you know, he's worn on me. I mean, he's he's good at what he does, you know, um, as the play-by-play. He's kind of got his legs under him. But it's crazy because you came into mind because that conversation between him and Buster only – I forgot who else came up about the MVP situation between Otani and Vlad Jr., okay? And A-Rod said pretty much the same thing that you said. Like, he goes, I hate that y'all are making me talk down to another one than the other one with these right. two guys with Otani and Vlad Jr. He goes, but, he goes, this is money time, and this is the time of the year. you got to look at it. If the guy's in contention, you got to look at who's got their team in a wild card spot or a pennant chase. And he said, for that, if you had to ask me to choose, I'm going with Vlad. But, you know, Buster's like, man, Otani's doing numbers we haven't even seen before. Like, no one has numbers like him in, in general. But I thought about that because A-Rod kind of went with you in regards to giving the nod to the guy that has his team in contentions. Right. I mean, and the reason being, I mean, he probably laid it out for you. But like he said, it's money time. And, and, that team, he he did everything he needed to do to put himself in there. His offseason, he dedicated to his weight. Mm. He knew that the weight was going to be a problem. He plays first base. He's out there making plays every single day. And he's batting in a lineup that's got some stars in it, but he is the, the leader of that. And they're battling to make it into the play. The numbers that Shohei is putting up, I said it before and I'll say it again, they are ungodly. But his team ain't nowhere near contention. Hmm. And 
And that's just the way that it is. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I that kind of leads me toward that. I mean, I can't probably remember a race that we've had like this for two guys that are coming. Did You can make pretty damn good arguments for one, but one's not going to the postseason. Uh, the other one is trying to get there, but like I said, they're in a, a hell of a series with the, the race. So you got that going yeah. on. Um, Jonas wanted me to let everybody know, don't forget basketball season's here. You know, like Jonas has sent me like three things, three text messages in the last two weeks hitting bath. I get it. And yes, it's Spurs Day game, um, media day tomorrow. But you know, look, I, to me, again, it the one of the things before he texts, I was going to say, I mean, I think if you're going to talk basketball, it's crazy it's here. I, I thought they would honestly was going to take a little bit more extended, like maybe try to come back, you know, in November, at least December. But um, that's not the case. I mean, it'll be here next month. But really, it is the the thing. The two things to me that are kind of stories is, uh, well, three. One definitely is the Ben Simmons situation, um, yep. and this is really not hardly getting any traction because it's, the sad thing about it, in my opinion, is because how bad Ben Simmons played last, you know, in the playoffs. Like if this was the other player say, "Hey, man, I ain't purporting to camp." It was like, oh, damn, you know, I know we're in the NFL, but hell, man, this has been – but it's like he's so – the way they've handled it, he played poorly, and this has been the best-kept secret Philly and Elton Brand and the guys up there have done um, is – and, you know, in Daryl Morey up there now, Daryl Morey and Brand, it's like y'all y'all put the price tag too high on them right after the season – Teams acquire, but they're like, "What? You want what? Like, man, did y'all just watch the same playoffs we did?" And then, like, "Oh, we're gonna make, we're gonna let it wait out." And then, what is the, what is the, the, what is the NBA? They're ran by players. The players have pri- power. So, what is the translation? What does Ben Simmons do? Damn that man! I'll take your tweet out. I want out. I'm not coming back. Then that sits there and that saturates the whole value. For Elton Brand and the Sixers, for other GMs, like, well, damn, dude, he don't even want to be there. So, no, we'll sit. Screw your three first first rounds. We're just going to sit it out. And that's why I say, man, the, it, it is hard to be a general manager in the NBA, um, period. I mean, forget the coach. The general – the built because the players on – even Ben Simmons caliber hard, they've got the – power they've got the control and and how do you make a trade of value for the best interest in the 76ers going forward when the whole world when ben and his campus just went on social media a few weeks ago and said look man i don't want to be here then y'all didn't budge and then today they leak it out to woge where like we ain't showing up to camp either lower the asking price for the guy then well i i, I th- you know as well as I do, when business is involved, they, they got to get as much as they possibly can. They got to try to find a way to get as much out of them. They may not mm-hmm. want him, but right. there obviously is a True. value for him. So they're going to do everything they can. But here's the biggest thing for me with this Ben Simmons situation. Ben, you understand that people are not falling in love with you anymore. You have to change the way you go about your business. Get your business right. Don't forget what they did to Markel Folk. Now Markel is out there balling. Yeah. They, my man had the yips, went and saw a psychiatrist, got his game back, and now he's out there hooping again. Mm-hmm. Ben needs to t- get away from Philly because trusting the process got you processed out of the way to go. And yeah. that's the way that I look at him. He needs to understand, yeah, you may have the bargaining chip and the other problem, Cal, 
It's guaranteed money. Yep. It's money that's guaranteed. Yep. That's when you can act a fool and go out there and say, I ain't got a report. You got to pay me anyway. No, I agree. I agree with it. I mean, that's the that's storyline one. Two is probably heating up with, with John Wall. I mean, H-Town, John wants out of there too. I don't blame him. What kind of market's going to be for John Wall? I'd say if I'm the Clippers, I'm picking up the phone with a hurry. Uh, but that's that one. And probably the Wait, third. Why, 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 you, why you believe that? Why you believe if you're the Clippers? Because, because I need he, because I need a real – I'd still need to get my hands on a real point guard. I mean, yeah. like a real assistant point guard. I know, you know, yeah. that's that's yeah. my opinion. I mean, they've got they've yeah. got to get – I mean, the other kid that stepped in last year that almost retired, he had a hell of a playoff run. But they need like a assistant guy first that can get Paul George, get Kawhi the ball. They can play off the ball. That's what they think. That's what that's my opinion of the Clippers. And the third story, really, man, is the return of Al B. Shore, man. Uh, John B., not Al B. Shore. I got the wrong light-skinned brother. John B., man, my man Clay Thompson. Okay, we ain't seen him in two years, but there's some concerns. I mean, there, I'm hearing there might be some concerns with how much progress he's making. Those are the three stories to me. Ain't nothing, ain't nothing, ain't nothing popped out on East Houston yet. Worth me. They didn't address the they didn't address the city all offseason about well, this is the plans, this new that. So they stay quiet. I'm staying quiet till they give me some reason to talk about them. You know what I'm saying? That's just what it is, man. We ain't even got a, we ain't even got an all star on this roster for the first time, man. George Gervin rolling around in his grave. 736-9760. You listen to the Sports Grind broadcasting here for the Rounders Car Club Studios. We'll be back. on this, Sam. I was wondering if you want to catch this one today to play as long as September, you know, that way. That's a that's a good one, man. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely put some time in Oakland. Don't let Sam fool you, man. <laughs> I, you know, and I was just so busy. I was like going to request, but I was like, you know what, Sam? Good job, man. 736-9760 broadcasting here from the Rounders Car Club Studios. This next segment is going to be sponsored by Tiger Sanitation. If you're looking for a job, Tiger Sanitation is always hiring. They're a great company to work for. They do a lot of stuff for the San Antonio community and surrounding areas. That is Tiger Sanitation, official sponsor of the sports crime. All right. So, also a couple other things before we dive into last night's game that hopefully we can get to is having an interesting, speaking of college football, I think Deion Sanders, and we were talking a little bit about this before we came on air, but Deion Sanders, I believe, is going to have a tough decision here in the next five months or so in regards to um, his career in college uh, football and what he wants to do. Um, And we'll get to that. I'll tease that with that, but we'll get into that conversation here um, in a minute. Uh, But let's start with the NFL and put a bow on week two as we concluded last night uh, with the Green Bay Packers. Um, You know, really getting it going, I guess, in the second half. This was the tale of two halves. Um, You know, for this game yesterday, you know, Detroit, give them credit. Uh, They came in on the road, a place where they haven't really fared too good, speaking of the Lions uh, in Lambeau over the years. And uh, they made it competitive. But, however, Green Bay came out of that second half, got things going. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron had some vintage throws. Uh, So it was a bounce-back game from all the uh, crap that Aaron said that they took 
week one. Now, this is what I will say, though. Um, it's fine and dandy, um, you know, yesterday, but I still – the defense itself, in my opinion, even through two weeks, is taking a step back. Now, granted, uh, Pet Nine is not there anymore. Um, they've got a new coordinator, and when you switch to a new coordinator, sometimes you switch systems, sometimes that. Now, granted, um, his name slips my mind, but Green Bay's top pass rusher is out. Zadarius uh, Smith. There you go. Zadarius Smith is out. Um, he's out on IR maybe a few more weeks, uh, be some weeks get back. That is something because right now they really much almost have to blitz a lot because they're getting no pressure to the quarterback in the secondary sometimes look lost. So, cause I mean, golf was still having their way. Detroit was still having their way, uh, in the first half and pretty much for the game until the weather changed and slip, you know, football here snap, which I thought was just a ball game. You know, they couldn't overcome that. I mean, you're not going to give Aaron Rodgers a short field and that, but Packers. I mean, that looks more of like a Packer offense compared to what they did in week one, but definitely the defense is a concern if you're a Packers fan. Harge? Yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, discount double check over there, still doing his thing. But I just – Aaron Rodgers, to me, although he made some unbelievable throws, that that throw to Tunyon in the end zone where mm-hmm. he was bracketed, that ball was a beautiful football. And Peyton Manning, I watched a little bit of Peyton Manning and Eli again last night. Yeah. They were hilarious again. Yeah, we got to get to Because that. you can yeah. just see the intensity with them. But mm-hmm. the way Aaron goes about his business, telling everyone to relax, you're right. They do have a problem on the defensive side of the ball. They're going to have a problem. And then if, if um, Detroit was a better football team, they would have had more problems too yeah. with them. So moving forward, I mean, I, granted, their division is kind of up and down, but moving forward, when you watch them play, they're going to end up having to be in some shootouts because of the fact of the way that they play. Totally agree. That puts a lot of pressure on Aaron Rodgers and the offense and LaFleur, knowing that you got to go in. I, I mean, I don't care who the quarterback is, whether it's Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Man, it doesn't matter. If you go into a game knowing, like, you know what, man, we've got to score 30 to 40 points today to win. That's a lot of pressure at the NFL level. I mean, we're not talking, you know, Division One college. We're talking the pros, okay, where there's not, you know, the the difference of uh, whether people want to believe it or not, a difference between a 48-man roster and the NFL out of 32 teams is not that big of a difference in talent gap. I know it seems like that when you look at teams, let's say, of Jacksonville or what we perceive the Texans, but it's really not, man. These, these, these are a group of selected guys that are all talented good. So that's a lot of pressure. So I do I do agree. I mean, that's the that's the disadvantage of switching coordinators, whether they're offense or defense, especially defensive coordinators. It could set you back a year. It could set you back at least a half the season until guys get in, you know, get custom to the new system. So, mm-hmm. uh, but hey, you know what? They they go to a place this week uh, with San Francisco. Um, I believe in a place where they've been smacked around. They've been smacked around for the 49ers the last couple times that they played them. All right. Now, this 49ers defensive coordinator is not there anymore. He's the head coach of the Jets. But I will just tell you, this is more of seeing you got a team in the 49ers that are getting hit bad at the running back position, too. Not as bad as Baltimore, but they are. They've got some injuries that's mounted up. Rumors has it they've already reached out to Richard Sherman in regards to uh, possibly wanting to bring him. Uh, no, excuse me. I'm sorry. That, that wasn't them. That was Tampa. 
Yeah, that was Tampa that reached out to Richard. Yeah, I'm thinking like, they damn, They reached man. out to uh, Jameer yeah. Miller. They, okay. They reached out to him at the running back position and yes. a couple other guys, too. Yes. Yeah. I the, told you, my cousin yeah. is a running back for um, San Francisco, and he just got put on the injury list because he's got a high ankle sprain. Yeah. So he's going to be out. And Jermichael who's your Hasty. Yeah, Jermichael man. I picked him off the waivers last week, yeah. too, man. Yeah. And a lot of people again, did. And bid. And, but I think he might still be a go. I mean, I think he might still be okay, but we'll have to see it. It's day to day. But I think the 49ers are a team right now. And I think, you know, in that second half of the Philly game, was really Jimmy G saying, hold up, man. Uh, I remember when I was healthy, we did go to the Super Bowl. I know y'all want Trey. It's his gig. It's his team going forward. But wait a minute. You know, I got some things to do. 49ers, I was very torn between them and the and the, and the Rams in regards to that Super Bowl because I think, you know, it was going to come down to health in regards to the running system. But this will be a good test for Green Bay because if they don't make some adjustments to defense, 49ers, regardless who they have at running back and Jimmy, I think they're going to be able to make some plays and make some moves. On, on Green Bay, but that's a big game this weekend because, you know, Green Bay, from a psyche standpoint, they've got to beat the 49ers because they haven't beat them. And, they, and they, these haven't been close games either. And they've usually been with a lot of money, a lot of money and the titles on the line, and they just got, you know, slapped around. So, but props to the Packers. I mean, you know, Aaron was prepared for the, the, the uh, post game. Just saying a lot of people like to talk <laughs> crap. You know, it's like this is going to go on all year with this guy, man. It's like and if this is his last year at Green Bay, he's going to milk the hell out of it. You know, that's why it makes me so mad. I'm like, dude, who was really trolling you? Nobody. You got your butt kicked and you looked unprepared. Yeah. That's yeah. not trolling. That was factual. Yeah. And not only that, man, <laughs> you're not the trolls. You brought the trolls out for hijacking the draft <laughs> and the whole yeah. offseason. You know what I'm right. saying? I mean, that's that just comes with the territory. It's like either you want the love yeah. or you don't, man. He wants the love like Tom Brady and all that, but you don't want all that that comes with that, you know? But, hey, they got the all win, right. man. But good luck because the 49ers this weekend. 736-976. You listen to the Sports Grind broadcasting here from the Rounders Car Club Studios. We'll be back. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, 736-9760, broadcasting here from the Rounders Car Club Studios. Today's show is being presented by Hazel Sky Spoke Shop. Make sure you visit their website at hazelskyonline.com where you can check out all their latest products and shop for the comforts of your own home. Um, all right, so... So yeah, I mean that's a that's a bow on last night and week two. Um, so like I said, props to them uh, for getting back to one and one, and we'll see how they do the 49ers. Uh, some of the other things yesterday we didn't get to before we get to the list of injuries and stuff is the other big thing that came out of week two was the taunting new taunting rule. Now, when this came, when the when the league was doing these meetings and they came out with these rules, I remember bringing this up on the show, just saying like, I don't understand this. I'm not down with it. You know, it's one of those like you let them choreograph dances in the end zone, like they've been working with Janet Jackson all week, and but yet and still, that's you know that could be form of a taunting. But now you have this. Now it's got to the mainstream eyes because uh, again, you got like you know. 
you got people that are keep in mind fans of the league in the NFL, and there's a lot of them, but they don't really pay attention to the league up and down business wide and all that through the off season. It's like they tune into the draft to see what their team's gonna do. They'll pay attention to see if they get their team signing free agents, but any little rules adjustment and all that. I mean, you know, if you're in this industry and you have to follow it, you're in the NFL, you're a player, you're going to pay attention to these things. And to me, part of that is the reason why this was a big surprise to people tuning in to football. Like, well, what the hell is this rule? We got a penalty on this? We're going to lose a game to get a first down? And that's why it's controversy. But where do we – I mean, is there a particular game that stands out this weekend that played a big factor into the, the Seattle title? game? The Seattle game. Okay. I mean, the Seattle game, dude catches a pass or, no, defensive player breaks up the pass and then he just gets up and was like, yeah, you ain't getting over me. And then all of a sudden you're taunting him. You're taunting him. I'm like, listen, man, these are grown men. These are grown men that are – we talk about this every week. They are in a car crash every single play. These dudes are putting their bodies on the line. And if they want to celebrate because they knock a ball down or do something, that's not taunting. They talk so much trash to each other during any moment of the game that these dudes have been battling all day. If they want to be excited about it, let them do it. It don't make any sense to me. I agree. I mean, unless he egregiously goes up and put his finger in his face or pull his face mask or, you know, just being disrespectful. But the talking, these dudes work too hard, bro. These dudes are, are – all they do is work out and play football. Right. And when they get a chance to celebrate their – whether it's the scoreboard watchers, whatever, and they get a chance to do this, the NFL taunting, the targeting, all this stuff is just way too much. And I know they want to make the game safe and they want to do it for the fan. No, fans are in the stands fighting each other. You think they ain't taunting each other anyway? Like, well, so this ain't there. so, but so part of the, I hear you, I hear you, but the question is part of this move by the league or the officiating, um, you know, really cracking down this or paying this. Is this have anything to do with little Tommy, Julio, or Tyrone, the kids? Ooh. Is this about the image of like, hey, man? You know, because, you know, there's, I don't know. I mean, I think the people in NFL office and the people that make it through, I think, you know, they travel a lot and do a lot of things in the community. And I think sometimes, you know, it it rolls uphill where they get pressed like, hey, you know what would happen? It would help if y'all clean this up. I coach such and such Pop Warner. I coach this and this, and I can't control these kids. Every time I look up on Sunday, they got somebody, you know, you know, waving the finger. You know, at some, I mean, because we and we've gone through this in college. Remember the whole throat slashing thing? You yep. know, they 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 college put that out the gesture that automatic fifteen that. And I remember the that was years ago, but I remember we went through that period. We talked about it in regards to the Big Twelve. I say, hey, man, no longer horns down, can't do that. But I think what the like I, I the this is I would say this the taunting rule in the NFL is on a collision if it keeps up this steam and like you bring up the Seattle and Tennessee game if it continues to cost teams insert I mean again it's your coaching but if it continues to cost teams games this would be probably on the same level of topic as targeting in colleges right now 
targeting is a is a topic every Saturday in college. From the guys that are doing like Herb Street that's calling games to these guys, they have like I don't know what that I I don't understand that. What is a guy supposed to do coming this way? So, I, you know. I, I don't understand really where this came from for the NFL because you made steps a year ago. Say, okay, man, you can celebrate. We'll let you celebrate with your team. You know, but now all of a sudden, within two years, you come back and say, hey, man, crack down on the taunting. And when they tell – hold on, Jonas. When they tell officials to look out for anything, trust me, those officials are looking out for that particular – any rule change, as long as I've paid attention to the NFL, when there's a rule change that comes down in February yeah. and January and winter meetings and stuff – in April and all that kind of stuff, and they tell the NFL to look out for it, those officials and crews, they will look out more for that than holding, pass interference, helmet. To, it, right now it's taunting. What were you going to ask? What were you going to add in, Jonas? I mean, just to the point, and I know Frank mentioned it here in the comments, uh, and, and, and it went really viral on, during Sunday Night Football, was about Lamar's cartwheel. And at what point, I mean, at what point does a celebration – whether you're doing the Superman, you're diving, doing backflips into the end zone, cartwheels into the end zone, you're fle- you're flexing to the crowd and maybe not the actual, uh, right, actual I person. Right, I Where does a, a celebration cross the line and become taunting, and vice versa? Where does taunting? That is a great. Who Frank? Uh, Frank brought that. Frank yeah. Valdez. Yeah, that's a good uh, question, Frank. I mean, I think that's fair if you look at that. That Lamar Jackson thing, I think if you want to really get technical, that would be considered taunting, I think. Uh, but if they get rid of that or whatever, then, I mean, somebody needs to call up to Kansas City say, I don't want to see Tyreek Hill chucking the deuce up anymore. If, if Tyreek Hill chunks the deuce up, that that's a penalty. That's a penalty. And walking into the end zone, walking in backwards to the yep. end zone, that's not taunting. I mean, yep. there's just so many things, and that's why if you the later, letter to the law, right? If yeah. you're going to do it, you need to call it on everything. You don't need to do it part-time. You don't need to do it when a guy gets up and makes a great play and looks to the crowd and is like, yeah, yeah. There's so many different rules that are out there that, to your point, Cal, when they get the new one, boy, they wear that new one yeah. out yeah. Until, yeah. until they can't do it no more, until they mm-hmm. get it. Okay, we've set our, we set our precedent. Because now they're because because the league puts the office the the refs asses they're on the line so they got to go into these reviews and if the if the league if they sit out and say hey man y'all missed three taunting calls and we talked all summer out for this that's a point right. off from you you want coach you want a ref in the Super Bowl conference that's a point off you so it brings pressure then to look at it and be like hey man throw that flag that's taunting but we still can't figure out pass interference. We still can't define what a catch is, but we're worried about taunting and excessive Ooh. celebrations. That that mm-hmm. that play with Julio Jones the other day that was a touchdown. Yeah, like in the end I zone agree. they said his foot. I'm, I'm like, no. How come I can have tiptoes on the sideline and it's a catch? That's a, but in the back of the end zone I can't. That's a good point. I know we're up against it. I want to come back to that particular point before we move on. We get back. You listen to the sports grind broadcasting here for the Rounders Car Club Studios. We'll be back. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, 736-9760, broadcasting here for the Rounders Card Club Studios, Calvin Casey, Mike Hart. Um, 
Yeah, one point that you had, um, hard before we go on to break, was about that Julio catch. And this is the other problem I have with that ruling because I think you get away with you get away from that in NFL a lot is because the 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 spirit of the rule of of uh, you know instant replay. One of the main things it says in there, if evidence is not conclusive enough to overturn the call on the field, that was that was one of those plays that I was even thinking in real time when it happened. Those that's one of the plays that. Whatever the call on the field was should have stand. Just just based off of that, because there was not enough evidence or overwhelming evidence to overturn that of not being a touchdown, due to the spirit of the law of really what it's about. And I and I think sometimes that gets lost in replay. But I just wanted to throw that out there. But the, but the yeah. dude came back from there and said, because of the heel touch the line. That's what they said. Now Go back to Super Bowl number 43, Pittsburgh oh. Steelers. Oh, Corner, yeah. The, yeah. Pass, Santonio Holmes. Can we, give, can we give Larry Fitzgerald his Super Bowl trophy then? Because that's not a, that's not a catch. I thought that was a tiptoe. I thought Holmes tiptoed that one in. I thought that was a tiptoe. Yeah, exactly. So that Julio, Julio Jones caught the ball. His other toe was in bounds, and then the heel hit. His heel didn't come down before his toe. And that is my point. Like, how can you tiptoe on the sideline and catch a pass and it is considered a catch? But my man, if you go back and watch it, he catches the ball at the high point, one foot in, the other one comes down, and then he lands on his heel as his toe touches the ground. He's in bounds. He's in bounds. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, and again, I've always said this. The cameras, I, to me personally, we have more cameras than necessary in, in NFL stadiums and ballpark because it makes it more and pressure. And still get it wrong. And still yeah. get it wrong. Yeah. To your point. Hmm. To your point. Seven, still get it wrong. Seven three six nine seven sixty. Another thing that I wanted to add before we left the Monday night scene, too, last night uh, that had the docket is I made it. I heard a lot of buzz about it, but I made a conscious effort. Uh, last night to tune in to Peyton and Eli's broadcast on ESPN2. Um, and I will tell you this, man, they're on to something here, and I think it's just the genius again of Peyton Manning. Uh, Peyton Manning, uh, because he spends a lot of his time uh, still in Colorado and he's revolved around that team, I pay attention to a lot of his off-the-field stuff, and he is a savvy businessman. And this deal that they've gotten going on with ESPN, with him and Eli, and especially with Eli's demeanor and his, you know, his character that we know of Eli and Peyton. I mean, I think this is a game changer. And I think it's one of those that is probably going to change and give guys that leave the sport and NFL and maybe NBA, other sports come to copy an opportunity instead of just going in as an analyst or going to work for a network or do whatever. And now in this time that we went through in the last 18 months where we live in a Zoom world, this is easy money for guys to make that want their fan base or people grew up watching them or want to see like, hey, I wonder what it feels like for Peyton or Eli, whoever watching the game and how they look at it from on their couch. And he's delivering this to you this way. And I, I think they're on to something. I mean, I found myself probably tuning in more to them last night. Then the other one, and I'm thinking like, damn, ESPN, and it just shows you how crooked Disney is and it owns ESPN, how greedy they are. I'm like, damn, y'all went the last couple of years with with basically getting killed for Jason Witten, 
in the booth. Then you go ahead and get uh, my man um, Booker, who uh, uh, him out there. Everybody gets pissed off because he's in the crane. Oh, floating. Booker, Booker, Booker McFarland. Booker McFarland, the crane. Hey, God, he didn't ever break down nothing, just on the crane swinging around. Like, I think they need to pick up this first down. And then they get him out, and then you get another group together that's kind of like, okay, uh, you know, and then you're going to throw them on the same network with Eli and Peyton and really compete with guys that are over here. It's like, okay, I get it. I mean, maybe there's all contracts set up different ways. I mean, I know that. But I just think in general, man, I like it. Um, I think it's genuine. Peyton is like, you know, you could just it, – it's a, it takes a special woman to be married to Peyton Manning. I mean, because the guy is obsessed with this game. I mean, these guys could be on boats, yachts, family vacation. And this guy, his body can't play it anymore. But due to the fact he takes on a gig that he still has got to break down film during the week. He still knows about this. This guy is a junkie, man. Like I said, it's guys like him, Nick say those guys like that. You got to be a special woman to be with them. Because you've been with this man for 18, 17 years in this league playing. And he's like, oh, man, I'm retired. But you know what, man? I got this opportunity. And he's breaking out eight to ten hours of film during the week on Monday night matchups. I, but it's genius, though, man. It's genius. You know? The problem is, to your point, they, the ESPN main signal is going to lose a lot of people because the place to be is watching it with Eli and and Peyton and here's the other thing to your point I like what you said about other people having that opportunity but the main thing for me is you got to have a personality though true you got to have true. a personality that's true because if you don't have that personality I'm not going to sit there and watch it fact, I like fact. watching them because they make fun of each other fact and they got, point, they got a little bit of other juice yeah so yeah. I'll like add that. something to that too that's a good point there we'll talk more about it when we get back you listen to the sports grind broadcasting here for the Rounders Car Club Studios we'll be back Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. 